Welcome to The Coaching Circle, a podcast where we explore the world of coaching, business and personal evolution with me, NLP Master Trainer, Coach and your host, Tony Everard. Inspiring conversations and deep dives into every aspect of your coaching and wellbeing business with experts in their field to help you stand out as the expert in yours. Get ready, let's go. Today, we're talking about how to manage end of year stress and anxiety and sort your life out ready for 2024. And I'm so excited for this episode because I love talking to other coaches of inspirational stories of personal transformation that led them to on, you know, helping so many other people as a result. And today's guest is definitely one of those people. And uh, after significant traumas and years of depression and anxiety and hitting the proverbial rock bottom, as luck would have it, she was introduced to Australia's brain untrainer. And uh, she now credits to this meeting to have helped save her life. And with her coach's help, Rebecca understood how her brain worked and what she could do to retrain her mind and change her life. Now she helps others eliminate anxiety and smash the beliefs that hold them back from living their best life. And she's also a big contributor to the community and helping those in less fortunate positions as well. So I'm very excited to welcome to the coaching circle, Rebecca King. Thanks, Tony. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really Thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, well, it's all the things. And certainly, you know, we've been connected for a little while now. Um, and I've, you know, I've really admired the work that you do and um, the charity things that you do and all kinds of stuff. So I'm really excited um, to speak with you today. And uh, but where I want to start, because I know this is really important you know, an important part of the journey and what really inspires other people as well is what is it that led you to get into coaching and start your business specifically? Because I know, you know, in the interview, I've said that you, you know, you had your own sort of things and, and, and met someone who helped you, but really what made that, made you want to go into business and why is that important to you? Yeah, okay. Well, it might sound really strange, but it all started with a potato chip. A potato chip? <laughs> yeah. A, me... a particular brand? Was it like a Pringles no. or no? No, it was potato chips in general. See, because as you said in the introduction, you know, I, I lived with depression and anxiety for a long, long time, more than 20 years. And wow. everything, you know, life was good. You know, I'd travelled, I'd lived overseas, interstate, at the house, the car, the job, all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, something was missing mm. and I'd encountered a lot of trauma like a lot of us have throughout my life. You know, I don't need to list those things, but, you know, lots of different things had happened. And it got so, so bad that I couldn't even get out of bed some days. So it was really affecting my life. Wow. And... Luckily, it was actually my mum who introduced me to Rick, the brain untrainer that you mentioned in the intro, and he helped me untrain my brain and learn how it all works and then basically helped me build it up again and retrain my brain. Mm. And mm. what happened then is, again, mum, who, for those of you who don't know, is also my business partner because she's also a practitioner, but she said to me, Beck. I think you'd really enjoy studying NLP. 
I had a fascination for the brain. I really enjoyed learning how my brain works. And she said, you know, it'd actually be good for the work that you do anyway. I wasn't a coach at that particular time because I worked with people, you know, I built relationships. Yeah. And of course, you know, it teaches you all about how to communicate with people. And so I kind of went into it, you know, reluctantly, but I started the NLP Pratt course and I think it was about week five, Tony, we did the technique, which you'll be very familiar with, like to dislike. Yes. And Rick said, who wants to volunteer? Who's got something that's really a big problem, something that they eat or drink that's a big problem? And my hand shot up and I was like, yes, potato chips, <laughs> because I was obsessed with potato chips. And I mean obsession. Wow. I'd be, I could have eaten a full dinner. I would have gone to bed. I could be lying in bed 11 o'clock, 11.30 at night. And if I had potato chips in my house, which I often did, I would have to go and eat them, the whole bag, stuffing them in my face. It was pretty ugly. Wow. Yeah. And it had become a problem. You know, clearly there was some other stuff underneath that. And um, when I volunteered for this, you know, the technique took about half an hour and after that, the thought of potato chips absolutely repulsed me. Yes. I could not even walk down the supermarket aisle without, and I'm actually feeling it now, feeling this gagging feeling. Yeah. And I gave up potato chips. And it was that moment that I went, wow, this is powerful stuff. Yes. And I need to help other people make these changes in their life. Which is um, not just like helping people stop eating potato chips, mind you. No, that's <laughs> just one example. There's a whole like, lot. But it, it is it is such a powerful um, you know, technique. And I, I love that that was the trigger for you. Um yeah. because that, you know, as you know, like I, I teach this stuff and I was just teaching last week actually, and I had people in the class, um, someone um no longer drinks solo, someone no longer eats hot chips, someone no yeah. longer what was uh oh all these things, people just stopped eating and like completely and they're just going I just I just don't want to eat it anymore like it's just not even a thing and it but it is it's such a good convincer for people to understand the power of the mind how you can completely change how you feel about something that previously you would just eat like couldn't help yourself and Mm -hmm. it's like that and like you said it took like tops a half an hour but like you can do it in 10 minutes even like it's it's that fast right yeah yeah Yeah. such a great convincer yeah. So, uh, you know, that was that moment for me. And within six months, I had, I refinanced my house, I quit my job, and I went all in as a coach. You know, mum and I started our business together, Moonbeam Monday, and that's what I've been doing ever since. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really, um, that's really powerful, Beck. And, you know, I think even when you said that, can I just ask you on this? This is a little bit off topic but not you just said to me I refinanced my house yeah can I just ask quickly what that was because um I, I did a lot of refinancing when I first left my job and started a business as well was that to kind of fund your new direction yeah because I I knew that I didn't want to you know do this part-time or in the evenings I wanted to go all in and quite frankly I'd got to the point in my previous career and at my previous job where I was ready to go I was ready to move on yeah and so I didn't want to be still working at a job and 
coaching on the side side of things. So yeah, I remortgaged my house to withdraw equity to live off for the next however long it was going to last. Yes. Do you know what? Like there's something very important about this and and certainly this isn't financial advice to anyone. Neither of us are financial advisors or anything else. Um, Just a bit of a caveat there. But like this is the thing, right? When something is really important to you, you find the money to do it. Like I, I, refi- I even sold my property when I was going all in on my business and becoming a trainer and all that kind of stuff. Like I literally, I, I sold my place that I had. It was my security. I sold it. I did end up in a place where I was like, oh my God, like I've spent all my money. Where am I going to go? But things turned around quite quickly after that. But the the whole point of this is that when you are, when you're convinced there's something else for you, and that there's a better way and there's a different thing that you want to do and you want to change your life, you will find any way to make that happen. Yep, absolutely. I 100% agree with that. And I'd even had that conversation with my coach earlier on and we were looking at options, you know, because I was saying to my, well, saying to him and I was saying to myself, I can't afford to do that. I can't afford to leave my job and, you know, coach full time. And he's like, well, really? Well, let's have a look at that, you know, which of course, as you know, these are the questions that we ask people, but he's like, let's chunk this down and get specific. You know, do you have any equity in your home? And I'm like, oh yeah, I've got quite a bit. And he's like, well, there you go. There's the money. So what else are you going to do with that money? Right? Like just like sitting there, just have it build up until when you become, you know, 70 you're going to live a life or what about the life you're going to live between now and then? (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, you can leverage that to make an even better life. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. That's really powerful. So, so, you know, so now you, so you've, you changed, you stopped eating chips. (laughs) You you got rid of all the, and the anxiety and, and stress. And, And, you know, that's, this is this is another important thing that you said, Beck, because you said it was 20 years that you had struggled struggled with this stress and anxiety and depression. Sorry, and it was depression. anxiety and depression. Yeah. yeah. Um, 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and I think and there's so many people that have this because until you know there's a different way, you, you, you don't know, right? You don't know what you don't know. And you know, um, most people were told by their doctors just to take medications and things like that. And not that I'm against that as a, you know, get yourself in a better state, but it's not a long-term solution, right? Yeah. People just don't know that there's another way. So, you know, for people that have suffered for a long time, because I kind of, I've worked with people that have seen psychologists and different things for years. And they're like, yeah, it kind of, I felt a little bit better at the time, but nothing really ever changed. I never moved past it. And then, you know, they come along and experience NLP or timeline therapy or hypnosis and then bang, the problem's gone. And they're like, oh my God, why didn't I find this sooner? Um, But like, what would you say for someone who's really been in that space for like long-term like they've been seeing, you know, doctors or psychologists or, or whatever, and it's just an ongoing kind of scenario. Yeah, Tony, you basically just described my life. Mm. All of that. I, I did. I spent years, I went to counsellors, psychologists, psychiatrists. I even went to a witch doctor in Bali. Wow. <laughs> you know, I saw everyone. I tried herbs. I was on medication. And you're exactly right. A lot of those things actually made it worse. Mm. And I I felt a little bit better from certain things, but nothing lasted. And that's the point, isn't it? Nothing lasts. Mm. And so I got to this point and 
again, this is this conditioning that we talk about, but I got to that point where I truly believed that I was different. Yeah. That I was broken Mm. and that I was unfixable. Mm. And I had actually been told as much by some medical professionals. Mm. And so you know, I, I sort of got to that point where I thought, well, if the if the professionals can't, you know, fix me in in inverted commas, then what hope have I got? And so I guess it it was luck to a certain degree, although I I believe in, you know, manifestation and the universe and things yes. happening at the right time. But I guess it was just luck that I was introduced to Rick. And to be perfectly honest, I was the most cynical person. I was the most skeptical person. I went into it not fully believing that it would work. Mm. You know, he was touted as somebody who could cure depression. And I'm like, yeah, can't cure it. Yeah, Um, that's not even legal to say. (laughs) It can't be true. Yeah, (laughs) it can't be true. Surely not. But I went into it with an open mind. And I I guess I I had reached that point where uh, I didn't, there was nothing else to do. It was either that or quite frankly, I didn't want to live. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people get to that point. Yeah. The the great thing is though, that you don't have to get to that point. Mm. You've got to be open and you, you know, you've got to hear things like this. You've got to hear from other people who have been through this and realize that there is another solution and Mm. what's the harm in trying it? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Rebecca, I think that that I, I'm so glad that you are very open and, and vulnerable about that because I think a lot of people do get to that point where they start thinking to themselves, I, I don't want to live, like, if this is my life. And I think, um, I, and I, I, and I want to make a point of this because people often feel so much shame about that and that they can't tell other people that because there's such a big stigmatism about you know, people committing suicide and and things like that. And, of course, if you're at that point, please call Lifeline or Beyond Blue or something like that immediately, Um, uh, you know, and reach out to to someone who can help you beyond that. Um, But it's, it's, we need to know that it's normal. People need to know that it's normal. Like, you are not broken, you are not weird, you're not strange. If you've thought about, I don't want to live, right? That's, that happens a lot I think that's really important for people to know like if you've had those yeah. thoughts you're not unusual you're not broken you're not a terrible person yeah. yeah yeah um so so you know but that's the thing right you were at those depths and you came out how how quick do you think it took you or how how much time I don't want to preempt how quick or not it was but how much time do you think it was for you to really change your life around from being in those depths to being like yep yeah, no I've got a new direction I'm I feel like I'm in control and and yeah. happy with where I am and where I'm going that's a really interesting question Tony and um, you know some things I felt immediate effects but it yeah. wasn't like this you know, after one session, I was like, oh, wow, you know, woohoo, everything's brilliant. It was just, you know, within days and weeks, it was like, oh, oh, okay, that's different. Or, you know, I'm in the same situation as I was a week or a couple of months ago, but I feel differently. Yeah. And then, you know, down the track, I'd noticed something else different. And, you know, it was, it was gradual and it, it was probably, it's one of those things for me, and as you said, it's different for everyone, but for me, 
I, I got uh, a little ways down the track, let's just say a year, for example, and I was able to look back and go, ah, oh, things are completely different. I didn't really notice it as it was happening, but now I can see that I'm a very different person. And then, you know, another six months down the track, I was like, ah, oh, even more different. Like life is even better. And I'm able to do different things and I'm, I'm speaking differently and I'm thinking differently and, you know, and I'm changing my life. I'm leaving my job and, you know, people around me going, oh my God, are you, are you, um, are you stressed about that? Like, are you scared? And I'm like, no, yeah, this this is the best thing. It's the most natural thing for me to do. So as you know, it is, it's impossible to put a timeline on something. Yeah, like but it's not like it's years, right? If someone's no. had something for 20 years, it's not like it's going to take you another 20 years to do it. No. It could be like it might be a few weeks, a few months, whatever, yeah. and things just continue to evolve and uh, evolve and improve over time, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a really good point to make. It's not going to take the time that it took to get here yeah. to undo it. It's like, um, you know, the analogy, you fall in the river, and you get you get caught up in the river and you straight away like that, you develop a fear of drowning, for example. Yeah. So it happens in a split second. Quickly, yes. But then we hold on to that and it often takes years for us to do anything about that. But if you developed that fear in that split second. Yes. Why can't you get rid of it in a split second? Oh. And there is you can you can absolutely this was one of the other things I did a lot of um a lot of phobia release in my last training because it's one of the things that you know we teach in NLP and um I help someone get rid of a phobia of someone anyone touching their belly button anyone cleaning their belly button what else there was a phobia of um oh what were the other ones oh like leaning into like uh like glass you know if you're on a on like a high bridge or something and there's like a glass someone had a phobia of like anyone going near that we shifted that um what else was there I think there was one of snakes um as well and like it's fast it's like a phobia like an intense irrational fear can be gone in like 10 minutes 15 minutes yeah I've got rid of a fear of snakes a fear of uh MRIs oh wow Um, and, you know, I worked with someone recently and we eliminated her fear of flying. Yeah. Within, I mean, we worked together over a couple of hours and gone. Gone, like, yes. It's, it's so cool. Yeah, and 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 this is the thing, right? This is why I, I know, like, even when I was, you know, doing this, the person saying, I've had so much, like, CBT on this, I've seen, I've paid so many therapists and, like, it's never really changed. And then it's like, okay, let's change it. But that's the thing, like you were saying, it's that, in an instant, your mind creates an association to a certain internal representation and a feeling, and then they're hooked together. Yeah. But how long it's there is not to do with how bad it is. It's like how intense that connection was. Yeah. You just disconnect it and it's done. Yeah. Right. I know that is so good. So, so anyway, we've gone a little bit, we've gone a little bit off track, which is quite normal for the conversations that I have on this show, Beck, because. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I believe that the, the right conversation just, you know, unravels in the right way. Um, and I think where it's leading us into now is the thing that we, you know, want to talk about is that this time of year, there's a lot of people that are getting stressed and overwhelmed or maybe even feeling anxious or 
or could even be feeling into those, you know, because there's levels of depression as, you know, that depression is like a state that people can get into and, and like end of year and Christmas and all that can put a lot of pressures on. So I would love to know, Beck, like what are your hot tips for helping people manage everything that's going on in this end of the year and really, you know, getting sorting your life out really because that's what it comes down to, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And that's an important distinction to make, I think. I mean, as we have this conversation right now, we're leading into Christmas. It's it's not far away. Mm. So we can give some tips to help people, you know, over the next week or two. But really what it does come down to is do you want to feel like this again next year? Because if we're honest with ourselves and we, we stand here and we go, I'm feeling really stressed and anxious about Christmas this year. Is this the first time you've mm. ever felt stressed and anxious about Christmas? Mm. And I'm going to go out on a limb and make an assumption and say, no, you know, this is something that happens every year. It builds up, you know, we've got so much to do. And so really, when you think about it, you know, that's a pattern that we've built that we see every year. And so really, yeah. it does come down to how, as you put it, sort, sorting your life out. Do you know, so, the, the best T-shirt I saw, sorry to interrupt you, but yes. the best T-shirt I saw the other day said, this is my second rodeo. <laughs> well, I love you that. Like, I always use that saying, so I love that. You know, when you say, is this the first time that's happened? It's yeah. like, no, this is, no. No, it's, no, it wouldn't even be your second rodeo. Well, <laughs> it like, happens every year. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so the important part, apart from the tips, which we'll give in a minute, but is to think about, do you want this to happen again next year and every year after that Mm. and if the answer is no which I expect that most people would say is it well it's time to start having a look at what the reasons are you know what is that root cause because you know well even how are you doing that yeah exactly what's the strategy of being stressed and anxious and we do get very uh you know overwhelmed because we you know we we generalize about Mm. things that got so many things to do before Christmas mm. well, really what are the things oh you know I've, I've I've got to get the whole lunch ready and I've got to buy all the presents and I'm like, okay well what are you having for lunch you know is anybody else doing anything mm. um, how many is all of the presents oh well you know it's it's four presents well, you know four isn't a lot so it's about getting specific um and so of course it's about getting back to basics and really working on you know that inner reflection about how am I doing this what is the actual problem because this is probably just a symptom and what's the work that I can do before next year so that I don't feel like this again Mm. but in the meantime you know in the next week or two that's what I recommend to people is just taking a step back and I think this is what people find difficult Tony is it's like but I just have to keep going at this pace or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to drop all the balls. Something's not going to get done. Yeah. But actually what you'll find is that if you just stop, you take a step back and you're even still for a moment and you start looking at things a little more specifically as opposed to this global overwhelm, mm. then you'll realise that there are certain things that you can do. And one of the questions that I love to ask people is on that massive list of stuff that you've got to do before Christmas, what can come off the list? You know, because 
got this list. Oh, well, you know, I've, I've got to make sure that I um, clean out the garage and I've, you know, I've got to weed the garden out the front so everybody thinks that the house looks good. And, you know, all of these things, it's like, really, does it matter if there's a few weeds in the garden? Mm. Really matter if you've cleaned out the shed by Christmas? You know, what can come off your list so that you can actually give yourself some of this relief? Yes, I like that, that word relief. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, one of the things that I, I did this, well, I finally had it for the last few years, actually, is we, we have we have a gardener and a cleaner for yeah. relief because yeah. it was causing too much tension in our house. That's right. That's right. And yeah. there are things that we can get help with. You know, who can you ask for support? Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's learning how to prioritise as well. And one of the simplest things that you can do, and Everything that I do offer, like all of the tips that I do offer, they are super simple, Tony. And people think, mm. oh, it's, it's simple, so it, it can't work. But that's actually the error that I made when I was in that, you know, depression and anxious state is that I thought these things were too simple and that they wouldn't work. Yes. But they are the things that work. Yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. When- it's, it is. It just comes back to that. How are you doing it? And like you said, mm overwhelm is just like having too much information usually at your head in your head so writing a list and then prioritizing that yeah it is like it's like well how could it be that simple well because it is because it is yeah (laughs) and the other thing which I mentioned before you know we're, we're running around and you know we create that feeling of busy the b word I don't like the b word I don't I don't use it <laughs> mm. but we create that buzzy like ooh kind of feeling and all it takes is to just stop for a moment and be still and you know I even had a moment of this yesterday I you know I was up early had an early meeting and then I had a planning day all day and then I had to go for a personal appointment and I took I had to race home afterward to do some more training, but I had five minutes and I was down at Port Adelaide. It was a beautiful day. And before I got in my car after the appointment, I just took five minutes to walk down to the water. Mm. It's one of my favorite places. I looked at the water. I find the water very calming. And then I slowly walked back to my car. Yes. It would have taken no more than five minutes. And I felt great yeah I've been running around all day my head was buzzing with ideas but in those five minutes I was back to calm and I was ready to jump into the next thing so you know that's something I want to make quite clear is that you don't need to find an hour or even half an hour to be still or to slow down five minutes Mm. a couple of times a day will make a difference oh absolutely and I think you're right about like the busy word and people Mm. it's like oh I'm busy I'm busy um, and, you know, I often think about people that are like, they're driving, right? They're driving to work or wherever going, oh my God, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And it's like, no, you're, you're driving your car. Yeah. That's yeah. all you're doing right now. The busy is just all the stuff that you're just running in laps around in your own head. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Concentrate yeah. on the task at hand. Yes. 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 All right. Great. So, so if I, and I like that tip as well. It's just like finding five minutes or, or even it's just like, finding some joy right like yeah. I I know one of the things that I've been doing because I I've been busy <laughs> I've, I've had a very full schedule for the last yeah. few weeks yeah. and um 
And so, and I was like going, okay, I'm coming into the end of year. Like I need to bring, and for me, it was like, I need to bring some joy into my days, right? Yeah. Like I love what I do. And yeah. sometimes when it's just back to back and back to back, I was just like, oh, I need to bring some joy. So, yeah. so for me, it's been like having things that are sparkly. Like I've, so I've got yes. my big earrings on and I've got my sparkly nails done and like, yeah. I've exactly. got more sequence to like a networking meeting. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, exactly. it brings joy, right? So it's like everything's not so serious and, you know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, finding things that um, bring joy. And I know another thing that really causes stress and anxiety at this time of year, Tony, is the financial pressure. Mm. And, you know, that it's it's more than just finding the money for, you know, Christmas presents and Christmas lunch. I mean, you, you know, I'm in the situation too where my mortgage is skyrocketing this month and, mm. you know, cost of living is increasing and, and all of that. So I, I totally get it. Mm. I, I think what some people still do, and this again comes back to prioritising, is, you know, we're feeling very generous at this time of year, of course, as well. And we might even be trying to make up for certain things with certain people from throughout the year. Mm. But the thing is, you're only going to feel more overwhelmed and more stressed after Christmas if you overspend. Mm. And so, you know, it's looking at some simple changes there as well. You know, do you need to spend this much this year? Yeah, you and know, what is that? I think that's I think that's good what you said though, though, Beck. Like, yeah, do you need to spend this much money? But but what's the purpose of it? Like, yeah. what is the actual purpose of it? Like you said, it might be that they're trying to make up for something. So it's like, what outcome do you think you're gonna get from spending that money? I think that's that's a question, isn't it, to even consider. That's one of my favorite questions in any situation, Tony. For what purpose? Yeah. You know, it could be exactly what we're talking about. It could be, uh, you know, I was just talking to someone this morning and they were talking about perfectionism. I'm like, for what purpose do you mm. need to be perfect? Mm. And, you know, the, the look was like, oh, yeah. And, and of course, the reason came to that person and we we sort of talked about that a bit, but I love that question. For what purpose? You know, for what purpose am I running around feeling anxious? Yeah. 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 Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, these are great tips, Pet. And and uh so so whether we had like having a list, prioritizing, finding some joy, um, uh, you know, thinking about, you know, like what do you actually need to spend money on or or you know, not creating that extra stress post-Christmas that's not necessary. Um Anything else that you would like to add to that? Yeah, um, I I know that another thing that does come up for people at this time of year is feeling lonely. Mm. You know, this loneliness is a is a a big thing. Not everybody has family, mm. um, and even if they do have family, not everybody has family close by where they're living. You know, I remember spending um, a couple of years living in London. I had friends over there, but I did not have any family. Mm. and so I know that loneliness becomes a thing for a lot of people and they think oh, I'm going to be on my own on Christmas day some people love that and that's cool but for <laughs> those that don't want to or that they, they know that this is going to be a problem they might actually start feeling a bit blue it's about planning for that as well you know and a couple of tips around that I guess Tony are 
put yourself somewhere on Christmas Day where you know there are going to be other people. Yeah. It might seem like a, a strange thing to do if you've never done it, but book yourself a table at a restaurant. Mm. So you might be eating alone, but you're going to be surrounded by other people. And I, I, I almost put a $5 bet out there and say, if you're eating alone in a restaurant on Christmas Day and there are other people there, you will likely be asked to join somebody's table. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That is so true, isn't it? It's like that. It's a kind of spirit of celebration and connection yeah. and, and those things. It's just like you have to put yourself in the in the situation to make that possible and I know you know I can really appreciate what you're saying about spending Christmas by yourself in London my daughter moved to Hamilton Island this year um it's not quite as far away as London so I am actually going up to spend Christmas with her which will be nice because it is um it is that kind of thing and and you know do you know what's another good thing actually I've got Mm -hmm. a good friend of mine who lives in Sydney who's um doesn't have any family around on Christmas day I know last Christmas day she did this and I think the one before she actually made up these little care packets yeah. And went and uh went down and gave them out to like homeless and gave them like, you know, twenty bucks or whatever yeah. and, and just sat and chat with them. And she said like it was so rewarding to be in that kind of act of service yeah. and giving. And, you know, I guess it's that thing, I guess what do you think? It's like that thing of like you're not focusing on yourself. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's right. You're not focusing on that particular feeling at that particular time because again, that's just a, a symptom of something, isn't it? And yeah, you're right. Um most of us feel really good when we do something for other people. And yeah. you know, there are so many people who, like I said, don't have somebody at Christmas or who are sleeping rough. And so there's plenty of organizations around who need volunteers or want volunteers. You know, there's people in hospital who won't get any visitors. Mm. There's elderly people in aged care homes who may not get any visitors. Mm. Um, You might even just have people that you know in your network. They might not be your close, close friends, but in your network who you know are also spending Christmas alone. Get them together. Yes. You you do need to be proactive about these things. Yeah. so, you know, so who else is on their own? What else can I do? Rather than sitting at home with a sad little Christmas tv dinner yeah it exist watching and another rerun of love yeah. actually that's right <laughs> nothing wrong with that oh uh, no stan um, I, I played it the other day and on the bottom of my yeah. screen stan said watch again <laughs> yeah <laughs> like maybe not yet yeah. that's right so what else see this is the thing nothing changes if nothing changes yeah right? yeah so. so true so true Oh, great, great. Well, there's some really great tips. But was there anything else you were going to add to those? Look, they're the main things I would say. Like, like I said, we're we're moments away from Christmas this year, and these are the things that usually come up when I talk to people. But the main point there is, what do you want for next year? Yes, you know, start having a think about next year now, maybe you know after Christmas, but what is it that you want to change and this is the time to do it yeah we all usually have a little bit of downtime over Christmas and New Year so you know I'm I'm not I'm not exactly somebody for setting New Year's resolutions and starting from the 1st of January because of course there's a whole lot a lot of stuff behind that that you've got to put some work in to make them actually happen but start thinking about now well if I don't want to feel this way next year what is it that I can do Mm. Yeah. 
And that's where it all it ties in all of this, doesn't it? Around, you know, uh that there's a way that you're doing feeling stressed or anxious or anything else coming into this year. And yeah. so there's a different way of doing feeling like you're organized and you're you know, having fun and, you know, that you're really looking forward to connecting with people or having downtime or or whatever else. And like I said, it's like takes a bit of pre-planning. And I guess this is the coming into the how to sort your life out stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing quite often we look for solutions outside, don't we? You know, we're, if, if your listeners are familiar with the Robert Dilt six neurological levels, um, you know, we look at our environment. And we, mm. we look at what we can change our environment, then our behaviour, then our skills. But what most of us don't do is we don't do that inner work, either mm. because we don't know how or we don't know the difference it's going to make. But this is the opportunity to, you know, and I'm sure everybody listening here, because they know what you do, they're engaged, they're, they're already in this space, is to start looking inward, because it's not the external solutions. You're not going to find the solutions externally. You're going to find them internally. Yeah, yeah. That is such that's that's such a thing. So, like you know, when you you just reference there the um DILT six mm. levels kind of thing. So, so you know, um, when you look at environment, I think that's the thing. Like people go, oh, if I change my environment, so that could be. Oh, you've got to change your job or you've got to change your house. People go, oh, if I just buy another house or if I just move, yeah. oh, that's going to solve all the problems, yeah? Or And then then nothing. It's like, yeah. oh, the same stuff in a different location. And then... Yeah. And I, I know you're familiar with this because I've listened to one of your sessions where you were talking about yeah. you know, the relationship that you had and then yeah. and you thought that was the problem, so you left and then you found yourself in the same situation. And then you went, it's my job, I'll leave my job. And I know what that's like because I... Yeah the same thing and it wasn't until I I looked inwardly yeah is that a word it looked inside myself that I realized that and like you said I'm the common factor here common denominator yeah common denominator so I I need to change some things myself yeah and it's an ongoing journey because I know even for coaches I know there'll be some coaches listening to this is that Mm -hmm. You can get into that, well, if I just learn the next thing, if I just learn the next thing, if I just learn the next thing, or if I just get the best marketing technique, if I just, and it's like, it's it's none of that. It's like, you have to get yourself in the mindset for, um, you know, being okay with yourself and creating the results and, and, and being aligned with that before any amazing technique's going to work. Um, right. And I think that's the same with people, isn't it? What would you say, you know, because I know a lot of people do a lot of kind of, um, self-help type things and you know this time of year there's there's stuff that people have like you know a bit of the new year new you and and you know all those kinds of things we won't talk about new year's resolutions yeah <laughs> but yeah we're, any more than we have but yeah. um how do you think it even applies to that stuff you know like like because you know people I know people sometimes say well I, I've been doing a lot of work on myself like I'm journaling and I'm doing meditation and that kind of stuff um which is great and yeah and then what yes (laughs) because nothing changes or it doesn't have this dramatic effect that they're hoping for yeah 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 yeah. so when you talk about the deep kind of work tell me like 
um, Rebecca, what does that normally look like when you're working with, you know, your clients and helping them, you know, because you're not, you work with a lot of people that have got this kind of stress and anxiety yeah. and, and different stuff. And they're often kind of, you know, maybe working in like um, corporate type roles. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. And what, how, what, what is normally the, the way you go about helping them do that deep work? It's all about getting back to basics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and those foundations. If you if you think about a house, Tony, you know, if you've got shoddy footings, if you don't let the slab set the way that it's supposed to be and it cracks and it's all wonky, the walls and the house, they're not going to stand. You know, you're going to have a wobbly house. You're going to have maintenance issues for the entirety of the, the house's life. Mm-hmm. So you've actually got to get those those foundations right first. And we might think that, oh, well, I, you know, I had this particular childhood and so my foundations are what my foundations are. But the awesome thing is that you can change all of that. You obviously need someone who knows how to, to help you do that. But it's about getting back to those basics. And that's what I do with people mm. is it's going back to the ABCs, I like to, I like to call it. So, you know, anybody who's done a first aid course knows that the ABCs are the first things that you learn, right? Airway, breathing and circulation. I I, The first thing that comes to my mind is staying alive. You know, that (laughs) staying alive, there's like the right beat. That's right. It's got the beat. I know. I think everybody thinks about that. But you've done your ABCs and then you start your CPR. Yeah. But we, and you touched on this. So A, you know, you've got to be aware so it, that's instead of looking outward, you've, you've got to look inward. And that's where all that those tools like meditating, uh, journaling, breath work, all of those, they really do come into play. Mm. But then it's, all, you know, your B is all about your brain. So how can you change something if you're not aware of what the issue is and how mm. you're doing something, like you said earlier? And how do you actually change something if you've never learned how to retrain your brain? So you do actually need to learn how to retrain your brain from all of that conditioning that you've had over the years because all of that has created your identity of who you are now. And so it's about, you know, you then also need to figure out who you want to be. If you don't want this, you know, and I think a lot of us focus on that, I don't want this. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to, I don't want this kind of life. But Mm. we actually don't spend a lot of time looking at, well, what do I want in my life? And, you know, there's actually a stat that shows only two out of five Australians really understand what it is that they want for their life. I believe that. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that is, that's, that's our culture. People, right. you know, even if someone goes, oh, you know, how's things? Oh, yeah, not bad. Yeah. You know, how's, how's your wife, husband? Oh, well, we're not divorced yet. So, you know, yeah. I guess it's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I'm great. That sounds, woohoo. Yeah. How exciting. And then you've got to make the choice. That's the C. There's two C's there, really. You've got to make the choice to change. And so that's, I guess, where to start. All of those things that you mentioned, they're all vital. They're all important. They all work. But then it's, for me, when I'm working with people who have these um, perhaps bigger issues where it's a chronic concern that they're looking for, it's about diving deep into that foundation Mm. and resetting it. Mm. I guess if you want to use the house slab. Oh, yeah. Well, I've, I've, 
our body, well, we're living in this kind of, we, our body is our house, isn't it? That yeah, houses exactly. are mental and emotional and, and spiritual and, um, and yeah, it is, it is a house. I think yeah. I agree with that. Yes. I know. I think I agree with that. I do agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. And marrying all those conscious things that we do with the unconscious and without yeah. going into detail of that, of course, because I know your, your listeners will have heard a lot about that from you before, but we have to make sure that we're marrying the conscious with the unconscious. Otherwise, these things don't stick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really important, though, because there's always different people who listen in. And I'm sure, you know, there'll be your audience that listens into this as well, Beck, that you've, yeah. you would have spoke to them as well. Um, but it's it's understanding that there are processes that you can do with a trained practitioner like Beck um, and and her mum. What's your mum's name again? Yvonne. Yvonne. Uh, that are techniques like nothing you've imagined it's nothing it's it's way more powerful than meditation and journaling it there are techniques that get right into the root cause of what's going on shift that stuff really quickly and and really help you it's like cleaning the filters that you view the life the world through isn't it yeah I really like the the way that you explain that and I think there's a lot of people who hear that or think about that and they they think oh my goodness that's going to be scary I I you know what if there's something in there that I've repressed that comes out yeah you know and that is I'm sure you've probably seen that's a pretty common oh, it is so common super common it's one of the things I'm fully like yeah. giving people reassurance about just about every single time I work exactly. with people yeah and it's, it's it is it does happen but it's very rare and it, it you know we don't take people we're not looking to re-traumatize people in fact the complete no. so we are not taking people back through those events but we're giving them the opportunity to learn something from it and move forward and it is incredibly powerful and I credit yeah. these techniques for me eliminating depression and anxiety yeah. and I say eliminate I do not say manage and I do not say cope with yeah I eliminate eliminate it eliminate it yeah the eliminator um, <laughs> oh there's a new name yeah <laughs> uh, but but I think this is the thing right and, and I'm glad you made that point because you know the thing is whether you like whether you face like deal with this stuff to release it or not and it's always super fast and you don't have mm -hmm. to talk about all the details of stuff yeah. it's just releasing stuff whether you um like deal with it or not it is affecting you there's there's yeah. no getting away from it is it it's just like oh people were like oh I'm worried about what I might find don't worry about what you might find you're constantly you can you're already living with the worst part of it it's That's like right. it only gets better that's right. Yeah. Just because yeah. we don't talk about it doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah. And you it's know? sitting and there and it's caught there's the cause of the stress and anxiety and all those kinds of things. Yeah. And worst case scenario, it's going to manifest into something much, much worse. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Beck, I feel like we could keep talking about this topic for a for a long time because there's so much in it. And uh and I know, you know, it's been really amazing hearing, you know, your how how you've been able to do this um you know for yourself and now you do this work for other people i think it's so super important in the in the world and um you know i i would love to ask you though just in back into response in in work having your own business because i know yeah. a lot of people listen to this are thinking yeah. about having a business or have their own business um yeah. what do you find is like well a, a two part question what's been your biggest a challenge in business and what is the most rewarding thing in business for you 
Okay. Um, the most challenging thing, I guess the most challenging thing, it, it really, it, it converting, you know, we're, we're trying to get sales in, in business, right? All of us, yes. no matter what we do. And it's that conversion, I guess, has been challenging because when, when somebody asks me what I do and I, the short answer, I might say, I help people eliminate anxiety. And they're like, oh my God, I need you. I'm like, great. Yes. <laughs> or my mum needs me, you, my best friend needs you. Yeah. But of course it's getting people out of their comfort zone. So, you know, that's the challenge, I guess, for me is to be sharing my story, is to be showing up, is to be building rapport with people when I don't even know who they are or where they are or where they're hearing me or seeing me. Mm. So I guess that's a challenge for me is helping people get to the point where they're willing to, you know, they can get out of this inertia. They yeah. can step out of their comfort zone. And I, uh, that is, it's such a like important point. I'm glad you mentioned that. And I think that the thing that it's important for people to know, especially when they're starting out, is that, that coaching of getting people to their solutions starts before they're even your client because it's like coaching people beyond like even over the obstacle of saying yes to getting some help right yeah that's, that's the right thing. yeah yeah and the bigger you asked about the reward I mean yeah a couple of things that spring to mind I mean the biggest reward for me and I know it'll sound like a cliche but I mean my ultimate purpose is to help people right at its yeah. base so the biggest reward I get is from helping people achieve these amazing results. And then, you know, I see them originally and then I see them down the track and they're living their best life. And, you know, then something happens and they're like, do you know what? I can cope with this better. So helping people get amazing results is the biggest reward. But from a in the business perspective, also, I guess the flexibility is the best thing for me. I know a lot of people say, I want to start my own business, I want to go into business because I want freedom. Freedom, I'm not sure if that's the right word for me because the as business. you well know. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's a trap that got me like signing yeah. up for an affiliate marketing business before I got yeah. into coaching, the freedom. <laughs> that's right because, yes, you're free from working for somebody else nine to five and whatever rules they put around it. But I'm sure, as you know, when you start your business, you've never worked this hard in your life. Even if you've worked yourself to the bone before, you've never worked so many hours. You know, you've never been so broke you know, to begin with. So there's all of these challenges. But of course, if you love what you're doing and you're passionate about it and, you, and it feeds your soul, yeah, you know, it, it's all okay. But the flexibility for me, you know, um, I got up this morning and I went for a ride with my friends. Beautiful day. I like to ride bikes. We went for a ride. We've got a coffee. I came back. I spent some time with my dogs. Then I got ready and I came to my desk. Nobody's looking at the watch. Yeah. Nobody's telling me, you know, that I'm doing the wrong thing. And I will probably work late tonight because that's what works for me. Yeah. But I can do what I want, when I want, when I need to. Uh, absolutely. And I and I think the thing that I love about business is that it's such your own like personal growth journey because that whole thing about learning how to, you know, make money and do sales and marketing and managing your time and boundaries and all that stuff, it's it puts you in an environment to just level up so far on yeah. those kinds of things and do that. But like I agree, when I first come into business, I was like flexibility was my highest value, which is yeah. fairly mis uh <laughs> 
um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not appropriate for business, but it was about yeah. no one's going to tell me what to do, when to do it, where to yeah. do it, how much they're going to pay me or anything else. That yeah. wasn't very effective. But um, yeah. but like you said, today I had a, an appointment cancelled earlier and so I was like, oh, great, I went off to the shops and got some Christmas shopping done. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, yeah, brilliant. And so and last of all, Beck, what do you do for fun? Because, you know, this is the thing. We talk about being in business and we can all get a bit carried away. But I know you're very good at um, switching off and doing things for fun. So tell us what you do for fun. I do, yeah. It's a, it's a, you know, this is what I coach people on. So I have to live and breathe what I coach as well, right? So I love to have fun. I love to laugh. Um, my favourite thing to do, and I mentioned it before, is cycling. So I, I am a cyclist. I am one of those lycra-clad cyclists on the road, love us or hate us. I'm there Love um, it. and I've got a great little group down uh, around the area that I live and we get together a couple of times a week and we go riding. So I don't just ride for exercise. I guess, you know, that's a byproduct. But for me, it's about I'm happy. I'm out in nature. I'm with friends. I've got this big grin on my face. So I cycle and then, you know, I do other things like um, that group and some others. We go to trivia night once a month. Oh, I love that. I love a bit of trivia. Yeah, we go down to our local pub and it's on every week. We go once a month. We have a meal, we have a drink, we have a laugh. We cannot get out of fifth position. (laughs) We always come here. Um, Something to aspire to, but yeah. Yeah, that's great. Trivia always reminds me of Trivial Pursuit. Remember that board game of the 80s? Yes, I was always good at the entertainment section. Oh, were you? I don't know what I was good at. I can't, I can't remember. I just like playing it. But, yeah. uh, but uh, oh, that's fantastic, Beck. I love that. Now, Beck, what is the best way if someone is like, you know, feeling like they've got some issues with stress or anxiety or or even depression or if they're just like, do you know what, I just want to make this 2024 a different year than it was today and I need some help, yeah. what's the best way that they get in contact with you? Have you got any resources that they can access? Absolutely. Yeah, we've actually got a free resource on our website and it's actually perfect for this time of year because it does allow you to take a step back and clarify. It's actually called How to Move from Confusion to Clarity in Seven Simple Steps. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So if you've got a problem that you want to solve or if you've got a goal that you want to achieve, perhaps in the new year, then this is a perfect resource for you. So you can go to our website, which is moonbeammonday.com.au forward slash resources, and you can find that um, that download there. And you can get in contact that way, or you can email me at rebecca at moonbeammonday.com.au. And Amazing. Rebecca is spelled a special way, as you can... <laughs> I'm sure you'll put in the notes. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah, we'll put yeah. the links in the show, no- show notes. And uh, so definitely go there. And uh, that is amazing. So thank you so much, Rebecca. It's such a pleasure to have you on and having a chat with you. And thank you for sharing your tips around, uh, you know, really managing the stress and, and sorting your life out. And uh, and I think, you know, people taking these things on board can definitely move into Christmas with yeah. a bit more calm and peace and joy and uh, and set themselves up so reach out to Rebecca for some more help and uh, thank you so much for being a guest here on the coaching circle thanks so much for having me Tony appreciate it thanks for listening to the coaching circle 
We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. Please like, share and subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with all our latest episodes. You, my friend, are awesome. So keep coaching and keep evolving.